18, your top five wide receivers, according to Hayden Winks' rankings. As always, in the description down below, we kick things off with Tyreek Hill against the Tennessee Titans. CeeDee Lamb against the Philadelphia Eagles. A.J. Brown on the opposite end of that at the Dallas Cowboys. Keenan Allen against the Denver Broncos. And Hayden, we close out that top five. Stephon Diggs at the Kansas City Chiefs. A lot of big players, a lot of big teams, a lot of great matchups. Talk me through it. These are usually like the top five uh, players in these rankings. Sometimes they have really good matchups. Sometimes they don't. This is a week where they have really good matchups. So Tyreek Hill uh, is playing a team that has not faced this unique Dolphins defense. Typically, Tua absolutely goes crazy against them. Tyreek Hill's trying to get this 2,000-yard season under his belt. He's going to need to pick up a lot of 100-yard games down the stretch. I think it's a complete eruption spot against a pass funnel. Uh, Titans defense, one that's going to be without one of their best pass rushers up front on top of that. So I think it's going to be a huge Tyreek Hill game. Yeah, Reeves had some fascinating stats because, as you said, he is basically chasing a 2,000-yard season, which would put him as the most ever. Calvin Johnson, back in 2012, had 1,900 and 64 yards. The big difference between these two players is that Tyreek Hill already has more receiving yards in quarters one through three this season in just 12 games than Calvin Johnson had in quarters one through three in all of 2012 in 16 games. The big issue, as we know, when we'll talk about with Jalen Waddle too, the Dolphins are able to leave off the gas, right. foot off the gas in the second halves and especially in the fourth quarter. So Tyreek Hill is just not getting a lot of production, but he is getting a ton in the first two quarters, and that has led to an overall wide receiver one season. And then right behind him, I have C.D. Lamb. This is another pass funnel. The Eagles being absolutely torched by wide receivers. They're the second worst fantasy wide receiver defense. They're actually allowing 3.8 more PPR points than the next closest to them. C.D. Lamb has been dominating on the perimeter, but also in the slot. And the Eagles yep. against the slot have been brutal. Uh, we've already seen CeeDee Lamb light up the Eagles. We yep. should expect that trend to continue because the Cowboys have turned into one of the most pass-heavy teams in the entire league. Just to contextualize that Week 9 performance against these Eagles, CeeDee Lamb caught four of six targets for 58 yards when lined up outside, then seven of 10 targets for 133 yards when lined up in the slot. Let's add that directly over to A.J. Brown, who's next, Hayden. Um, Deron Bland has had some incredible pick sixes this year. He's been a really solid cornerback for most of the season mm -hmm. this past week or so. Uh, not so great from him individually. And we know that A.J. Brown um, can, when you put him in isolated matchups one-on-one, -on -one, and you know this offense is actually quite vanilla in terms of their motions and their personnel groupings, uh, it's because they have elite talents like A.J. Brown on the outside. Right, so I'm expecting a very similar thing to happen to what DK Metcalf did. One-on-one -on -one coverage and downfield passes where he's able to win those. Against the Cowboys, he's had 66 yards in a touchdown, 103 yards, and then 67 yards in a touchdown. Those were with Trevon Diggs. He's obviously not playing right now. The Cowboys are still playing the highest man coverage rate in the NFL. A.J. Brown is an absolute killer against man coverage. So I think similar things to what happened with DK Metcalf against this defense, I think are available for AJ Brown, especially because I know that the Cowboys end of the bargain will be held up because Dak Prescott's been absolutely going crazy. Okay, quickly, Keenan Allen against the Denver Broncos. We saw that Joshua Palmer's practice window has been opened. That does not mean necessarily that Joshua Palmer is going to play. Uh, again, Keenan Allen mostly plays out of the slot. He has been moved around a bit more this season. So if you are nervous about the talented outside corner, specifically in Patrick Sertan, that the Broncos do have, uh, not saying he's going to shadow him even when outside, mm -hmm. but 
the slot work does help. And Keenan just had 102 yards and two yeah. touchdowns against the Broncos. So not really worried about that. I'm hoping that he's full practices the entire way because he was dealing with injuries going to last game. Obviously, the Patriots are always just hell to go against. So this is, a, to me, a much easier matchup. I feel way more confident going into this week than I did last week. And then my question for you with Steph Diggs yeah. is it's just been very up and down. There's some some splits to kind of go through. Number one, when they're in two tight end sets, which maybe they use more with Dawson Knox, Steph Diggs goes absolutely crazy. Now, at the same time, this new offensive coordinator has been throwing the ball and getting the running backs more involved. This isn't the cleanest matchup. The Chiefs are second in success rate. My thing and reason, the reason why I'm keeping him inside the top five is I don't think you can let Steph Diggs go this quiet for this long before he absolutely <laughs> freaks out and has a full-blown meltdown. So I just think that they're forced to coming out of the bye get Steph Diggs more involved here. I like that. Squeaky wheel, diva wide receivers. I think Steph Diggs is great, by the way. Um, this is a complex one. Obviously, no matter what, you're starting Steph Diggs in your lineups. But maybe for the dog bowl, for whatever you know weekly tournaments you play out there, just how early do you want to prioritize Stefan Diggs? Because he has not reached 100 yards in a game since week six. Yeah. After hitting that 100-yard mark in five of the opening six games. And actually, if we're talking about like true wide receiver ones that have faced off against this Kansas City Chiefs defense, Devontae Adams has the highest yardage total at 73 yards. That also includes wow. Amon Ross St. Brown for 71, A.J. Brown at 8, Keenan Allen at 55, and Tyreek Hill at 62. That's going to lead me into a Gabe Davis conversation a little bit later. Oh boy. But again, these two teams obviously played each other last year and Diggs torched them for 148 yards and a touchdown. But again, I would say that this Chiefs defense this year is more quality than it has been in the past. I agree with that. The, you can see the Bills, though. They're like in the middle of the road when it comes to neutral pass rate this month. Do you think th there's something to that? Or do you think that's just kind of small sample and like the Bills will go back to top five, top 10 where they've been historically? Or do you think it's something with Joe Brady and they're just getting good things out of James Cook and latavius murray i think even gabe davis went on the mic today and said hey we're finally hitting our stride with this offense it feels good and yeah. so i think it's probably more of the same with all okay. of that your wide receiver six is a man who had an electric week 13 so we spin it forward here in week 14 and it is debo samuel uh hayden that production was on one singular air yard he also had three rushes and he turned that into 138 yards and uh mm -hmm. three touchdowns to me this is very simple we always look to prioritize, and I mean prioritize, Debo Samuel when they face a heavy zone coverage team, and Seattle is playing zone coverage on 83.4% of their passing snaps this year. And then even beyond that, slow linebackers, inconsistent yep. safety play, which I think the Seahawks have had, uh, Bobby Wagner included in there. Debo Samuel, the last four games uh, against Seattle, he's averaging 22.1 half PPR points. I mean, insane stuff. And even though all of the weapons are fully healthy, Debo Samuel is very much a priority. It's it's screen game, which we saw that tunnel screen for a touchdown. You're getting running back touches. Even at the goal line, we've seen rushing touchdowns for Debo Samuel, plus all of the normal route running that Debo Samuel is capable of. So for this matchup in particular, I like Debo Samuel. We'll get to Brandon Ayuk later, but the splits against Seattle in particular have me leaning way more Debo than Brandon Ayuk. And obviously with, the way that this offense is clicking right now, they're projected for the second most points on the week. So either of these guys have tons of upside. Michael Pittman, your wide receiver seven. This is at the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Michael Pittman has reached 100 yards in back-to-back -back games. 
for the first time in his career. Think about that. Michael Pittman's like a quality player. I loved him heading into this year. Even more people loved him heading into last year. His first back-to-back games with over 100 yards. Um, He's also had 12 or more targets in five of his past seven contests. He's up to the wide receiver three in usage. And right now it's another good matchup. Bengals are second worst in passing success rate. Allowed their ninth worst in receiving yards to wide receivers. Michael Pittman gets involved in the screen game. He also is a red zone priority. He can also just win individually. So this is a great spot for him coming off of season high in usage last week. Underdog Pick'em Lobby has him at 74 and a half receiving yards. So it's definitely time to treat him as a fantasy wide receiver one. I would say especially in PPR leagues. Well, let's continue that train. Mike Evans is your wide receiver eight. The man just simply will not slow down. Now he's facing off against the... Atlanta Falcons. He caught six of eight targets for 82 yards when these two teams played in week seven, including a 40 yard touchdown against mm-hmm. AJ Terrell. And I believe AJ Terrell is opening this week in the concussion protocol, which we never want to see. But Mike Evans against not AJ Terrell uh, is just going to be fireworks. Yeah. If, if AJ Terrell doesn't play, this is going to be a smash spot. He's limited in practice going on Wednesday. So he might be on tr- trend to play. Jeff Akuda, the other corner. He's on the injury report with an ankle injury as well. I'm not sure how much that matters anyway. Mike Evans against AJ Terrell is still a good matchup. Totally. So uh, underdog pick and lobby loves him at 73 and a half yards. It's the deep plays. It's the contested catch stuff. It's regular route running. Mike Evans is special, special, special dude. Just averaging, you know, a cool 16.6 yards per catch. Uh, that's his highest for a single season since 2019. Wow. Since 2019. Good. Wide receiver nine is the metronome that is Amon Rice St. Brown. I say that with he only caught two passes this past week. His fewest in a game since week seven of last year, which he left that game early on. Um, but when these two teams against the Chicago Bears, they played in week 11, a cool eight of 11 targets for 77 yards and a score. That was a really weird game script where they were trailing in that one. They're supposed to win this one, and you've seen – uh, since the bye week, now both running backs are healthy, operating at strong levels. The Lions have just leaned into the run a little bit more, and that's very much true at the goal line. So it's just been a little bit trending the wrong way for Monroe St. Brown. That said, he's still awesome. And even with the Lions going more balanced recently, he's still the wide receiver seven in usage. So I think it's a, a slight downgrade for where he was when he was more of the focal point. You're getting strong games from Sam Laporta still. So uh, it's just not the, the easiest layup. Uh, as it has been in previous weeks. DK Metcalf closes out your top 10. He had a monster game last Thursday against a really strong defense. He's going to have to do it again this week against the San Francisco 49ers over his last three matchups, 98, 94, and 134 yards. Um, The exception, though, in three of those last four weeks was two weeks ago when he caught three of nine targets for 32 yards against the San Francisco 49ers. We went back and watched those and it he was so close to big plays. Like there's so much isolated coverage and Gino's obviously thrown to DK Metcalf, uh 9 13 and 9 targets against the San Francisco 49ers in his recent contest. Um I think that the 49ers offense can go right through uh the Seattle defense. Both running backs are on the injury report. Teams already throw the ball at the fourth highest rate against San Francisco on top of that. So I just think it's so much volume is ready for DK Metcalf to, to me still looks 
like a really good player. So if if one of those deep targets would have went for a touchdown last game, I think everybody would be viewing this as a strong matchup. The 49ers are a good defense. They're not that good against fantasy wide receivers because teams have to throw the ball, and that's what I'm expecting here. Reeves notes in his worksheet over on Chart Football that as much as we don't think that this happens, Charveris Ward, as much as it can happen, did travel more often with DK Metcalf in that game. And that was like a size for a size matchup. Mm-hmm. It's very clear that the 49ers wanted to do that because uh, we have seen DK just go above smaller corners yep. and Traverius Ward is one of the bigger corners throughout the league. I'll still take my chances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, totally, totally. Especially, and we've talked about this in Stats versus Film, if Gino drops that you know time to throw by 0.3 seconds like it was this past week. Um, that works out. Okay, there's our top 10. Just to let you all know, uh, I believe if Hayden is prepared, we are going to also include sickos and defenses in this show. I doubt we will get in a quarterbacks and tight ends ranking show this week, but they will be in Hayden's written work. Use your eyeballs, click the link, and go through one through 30 of all of those. Um, we just don't have time because we're going to Miami and hanging out with some uh, underdog community people. That's right. Okay. Tier two. Begins with Devontae Adams as your wide receiver 11. His last three his last three games, let's put it this way, there's no spike weeks in there. Mm-hmm. They've just been kind of solid. Well, one spike week for seven for 82 and one. But other than that, it's like six for 86 and five for 73. I will say that is um, very appreciated after the earlier parts of the season that we got from Devontae Adams. He is no longer on the injury report. He was able to rest up on top of that. I think that the usage is still there this month. He's the wide receiver nine. It's been very inconsistent, like you have said, but I do like the matchup. Vikings have allowed the fourth most receptions to wide receivers, the fourth highest neutral pass rate in general. I think that Devontae Adams is a complete mismatch individually. So I just think a lot of things are trending in the right direction. Obviously, it's not the same uh, as we were expecting going back to last season, but the fact that he's healthy, and this is a good individual matchup for him in a dome. This is a weather week, by the way. We haven't gone to some of the weather games because I dropped mm. him in rankings. Uh, there's a lot of things going right for Devontae Adams and what has been a pretty disappointing season across the board. Jamar Chase is your wide receiver 12 after that massive blow-up game on primetime. This is against the Indianapolis Colts defense. That time, 11 of 12 targets for 149 yards, including that 74-yard touchdown where he just... Ran right, right by Campbell. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I think people, and maybe rightly so, will allow that to stand at the forefront of their mind in that Jake Browning performance. Meanwhile, prior to that, he had caught five of nine targets for 83 yards on yeah. 50 total routes with Jake Browning in the previous two weeks. Right. I think I trust Jake Browning to some extent, but maybe not to what we just saw on primetime. I think it'll feel like that might be a little bit too much. Colts defense still without Juju Brents. That's their top corner. Uh, Pick'em Lobby has this at 66 and a half yards for Jamar Chase. And the Bengals are projected for at least 21 and a half points. And by the way, Josh, the average team total this week is at 20.2. I have not seen it that low uh, ever. So the Bengals are actually projected for above average amount of points. I think the Colts defense is beatable here. So, I'm going to kind of split the difference between superstar Jake Browning from what we saw this last week versus two weeks ago when things 
went really sideways. If there wasn't that deflected pass to Jamar Chase with that yards after the catch play, we would have had major concerns here. So this is officially the boom bust wide receiver two tier, but at least Jamar Chase is pretty good at football. He's back. Justin Jefferson checks in as your wide receiver 13. It's quite different than consensus rankings. You have him as the wide receiver seven. This is at the Las Vegas Raiders. Obviously, the last time that we saw Justin Jefferson, he was averaging an awesome 136 receiving yards per game. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we really haven't seen him, what, since week four of the season, yeah. week five of the season? So big injury and now a new quarterback. That's what has me worried. Trust me, I don't like being lower on Justin Jefferson. I think he's the absolute man. But Minnesota this last month is only 29th in wide receiver usage. Obviously, Josh Jobs is not going to be moving the ball like Kirk Cousins was. He's also going to scramble more than Kirk Cousins was. We have TJ Hawkinson with he's been balling out. And Jordan Addison, even with Josh Jobs as the clear number one wide receiver, he's been barely holding on to wide receiver three spots. So you have a lot of guys trying to get the ball and a quarterback that is decent for his by himself for like fantasy purposes, but was nearly about to get benched and is just not the distributor that other backup quarterbacks could be. Obviously, Justin Jefferson's so damn good that he can still be the wide receiver one on the week, but I'm just worried about just overall play volume in this offense. Earlier in the season, especially when JJ was playing, weren't they top like four in wide receiver usage? And now they're bottom four in wide receiver usage. So it's a sizable shift. And we have seen Kevin O'Connell shift his offense based on the quarterbacks that are allowed for him. Um, they are coming out of a bye, and he has been practicing for three weeks. So it's not like mm-hmm. a first time he's ever going to see the field with Joshua Dobbs. So I think that will help him a little bit. And he, they're not rushing him back. So I feel right. confident that he should be out there. Uh, by the way, underdog pick him lobby, 66 and a half receiving yards is the same amount as Jamar Chase right next to Devontae Adams. And I know Weaves is like doing great producer work and putting all these projections from the pick and lobby over on the screen for you. Um, just so you know, your state probably allows for pick'em. We have pick'em champions. We have normal pick'em. Just go and click the link in the description down below. I'm matching your first deposit up to 100 bucks. It is like the perfect way if your fantasy team might not have made it or doesn't make it into the playoffs, the perfect way to still have, let's say, a sweat during the games. Yep. And DFS, playoff best ball, bunch of stuff I mean, going on. You got everything. Just never leave the app. Brandon Ayuk, your wide receiver, 14. There's just not enough to go around despite how legit and awesome he is mm-hmm. as a player. Like every single week you turn it on, oh, he's roasting a guy one-on-one. But then you also look at his fancy numbers. He has reached 60 yards in just two of his past six games. In an offense that he was peppered with 12 targets, we would be in the top tier no matter what. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And in the seven career games against Seattle, who are better on the perimeter, He's only averaging just 8.7 half PBR points. Remember, Debo's at 22. This month, with everyone healthy, Ayuk is the wide receiver 50 in usage. So, yeah, I love Brandon Ayuk. He just doesn't get the same type of touches that other elite wide receivers get. That said, 28 points for the implied team total for the 49ers. So, he still has definitely a a chance to go crazy. He just has to be so damn efficient to get there just because sometimes Debo, C- CMC, and George Kittle are ripping off 50-yard touchdowns, and then Brandon Ayuk uh, doesn't get the chance to touch the rock. Consensus rankings have Nico Collins as the wide receiver 19. You have him as the wide receiver 15. This is at the New York Jets. There's a lot of talk about here because yes. we obviously love Nico on the show. Um, 
the positive end. He has run 130 routes this year with Tank Dell off the field. And that time, he's accounted for 31% of his team's targets and 41% of the team's air yards. However, the matchup, the Jets have allowed just three touchdowns to wide receivers all season long. Mm-hmm. They have not allowed to a wide receiver, a touchdown to a wide receiver who lined up on the outside and a league low 60 yards per game to boundary wide receivers, which is obviously where Nico Collins plays about 80% of his snaps. All that's bad. And on top of that, there's another thing we have to keep an eye out for, and that is the damn weather. It's supposed to be rainy and windy. Um, so that's not going to be helping Nico Collins. I just think he's so damn good. And CJ Stroud is so aggressive. Um, that's a perfect combination. So uh, I initially had him. If there wasn't weather concerns, I was going to try to sneak him into like the wide, like wide receiver 10 range, which would have been way above consensus. But I will continue to be above consensus on Nico Collins because I just don't think people appreciate how good of a player he is. We'll keep it moving with DJ Moore up next. I love this spot for DJ Moore. We saw just a couple weeks ago, 796 and one against these Lions. Then 11 catches, 114 yards against the Minnesota Vikings with Justin Fields back into the lineup. And as we have seen, the Lions have been torched by top wide receivers over the last few games. Everything looks perfect for him, except he just doesn't get the same volume as the other elite wide receivers do. So that's why I have him in this wide receiver to boom bust range. But yeah, 39% target share against the Lions a couple of weeks back. And that was a game that they were winning for most of it until the very end of it. So yeah, we'll see how how hot he can continue to run on these touchdowns and deep targets. But he's a good player. None of the other uh, skill guys in this offense really stand out to me. So I'm, I'm not surprised that Justin Fields has just continued to lock on to him. Yeah, just to outline some of those numbers, Keen Allen had 11 catches for 175 yards and two scores against the Lions. Again, we had that awesome DJ Morgan, Christian Watson, five for 94 and one. Yeah. Chris Olave, five for 119. And it's it's not even the spike weeks. The no. Lions are 30th in passing success rate. So on a down-to-down basis, they're also bad. Well, let's talk about Chris Olave. Um we're not totally sure who his quarterback is going to be this week. Nope. Um, we've also seen Chris Olave banged up in recent weeks, but he is facing the Carolina Panthers, and he now either has 100 yards receiving or a touchdown in four straight games. He's been much better. Uh, usage is up. He's a wide receiver, 17 in usage. Obviously, no Michael Thomas uh, still. Uh, Rashid Shahid, he was a DNP on Wednesday. We had Taysom Hill, who's injured. Derek Carr was limited in practice, so there's a lot to sort out. I'll try to update my rankings down in Miami uh, on Sunday. Uh, Panthers are a run funnel, so somehow the the Panthers are seventh best against fantasy wide receivers. Um, So we'll just see who's healthy enough to suit up. To that run funnel, Mark, Mike Evans was the first wide receiver to go over 100 yards against the Panthers since week six. Yeah, wow. Okay, we'll keep it rolling. Cortland Sutton, the touchdown machine against the Los Angeles Chargers, is your wide receiver 18. I honestly wanted to move him higher than this. I just couldn't of course you do. find a spot. Chargers stink. Third worst against fantasy wide receivers. They're obviously inside beautiful Los Angeles, inside uh, a somewhat of a dome. Uh, Chargers are without Joey Bosa, so there should be more time for Russ to get downfield and lock on to Cortland Sutton, who's the wide receiver 21 in both production and usage this month absolute dominant in the red zone and downfield so like what like truly what is not to like about Cortland Sutton in this matchup you mentioned Los Angeles and how beautiful it is in your part of the world there were snow flurries today in Brooklyn it's on I, you bud <laughs> I I ride my scooter 
to go to go work out because it's two miles away, the gym. And I ride my scooter and I had to do that in flurries when it's 31 degrees outside. How brutal of a lot. What, what type of scooter? A sit down? Are you on a, like a. No, no, no. A stand up. But it's made by Segway. Um, Got it. But yeah, I'm just going to cool 19 miles an hour, man. You you wearing a helmet? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I look I look Good awesome. Boy. Let me yeah, tell you. you. Look, I look awesome. <laughs> I look awesome. Got the new balances so on. Yeah. I'm a lucky guy to be married. Let's yes. put it that way. Jalen Waddle up next. So um, Jalen Waddle runs into the same issues that Tyreek Hill does where this team, a la the Eagles last year, just doesn't have to have a ton of production in many games in third and fourth quarters. They also all, they obviously face the Tennessee Titans secondary, though, that you can get home in the first three quarters of a contest. Yeah, but just flipping coins, who's going to be the first one to score that long touchdown? Obviously, if Tyreek is more likely to. <laughs> yeah, obviously, if you're Tua, I have a, a favorite target, and that's Mr. Tyreek Hill. Yeah, Jalen Waddle this month, wide receiver 28 on wide receiver 28 usage. I keep ranking him higher than that because you always don't want to miss out on the 150-yard game with a touchdown, but there's a lot of games where it's 50 yards and no scores with Jalen Waddle. You just have to learn to live with that. So very firmly in the boom bust wide receiver two discussion. Yeah. He's your 19th. He's consensus rankings 14th. Um, Everyone loves Jalen Waddle. I, I mean, I get it. And th- there were some players earlier that you have ranked higher, like Debo Samuel in consensus is wide receiver 11. And he's like your wide receiver seven or eight this week. So, um, or even six. Yeah. Wide receiver six on the week. So I love it when you differentiate yourself versus the others. Okay. To close out the top 20, it's Devontae Smith. Um, Awesome week. Devontae Smith is very good at the game. Tell me why you think against the Dallas Cowboys, um, he deserves to be a wide receiver 20. Well, we're expecting Dallas Goddard to return just this season. uh, Devontae Smith, 12.1 expected points without him compared to 7.8. So we're dealing with like a four-point difference in usage. That said, I think they can't go away from Devontae Smith. He's just been too damn good recently. And this game should be uh, either negative game script or it's a high scoring environment in general. And I think that Devontae Smith, uh, even against a good Cowboys defense, there should be able to pass the ball a ton just out of necessity. So even with the Dallas Goddard on off splits, I still want to lean into Devontae Smith uh, in this spot especially because we we think that Dallas Goddard is going to be a full-time player, but he could easily yeah. just be out there for like 50% of the snaps. I just, I truly just think you can't go away from Devontae Smith at this point because the, the, the Eagles defense is not very good. Right. So all those like kind of boom bust games, I think have to be a thing in the past. They need Devontae Smith to hang 30 points. To your point on how his numbers coincide with Dallas Goddard not being on the field. Um, fourth touchdown over his past five games and his fifth straight game of being a top 20 scoring wide receiver. And all of those have been without Dallas Goddard. Pretty good. Okay. We're going slow today. Methodical. Thorough, some might say. I'm a little bit shocked by your wide receiver 21. It's the highest you've had Brandon Cooks up there all season long. Just to point out how this differentiates than consensus. He's wide receiver 26 for them. Uh, But Brandon Cooks, the man, is on fire. He has caught a touchdown pass in five of his past seven games. So talk to me. Just look at this chart. This is just targets per game. The Cowboys are second. And then red zone targets per game, which is kind of a way to see who's getting scoring some points. You know, they're number one. So this offense right now 
is absolutely cruising. The Cowboys are number one in wide receiver usage. Brandon Cooks has been one of the most efficient wide receivers in terms of completion percentage, overexpected, and EPA per target. Everything's just been going crazy. Now, the Eagles have been worse against the slot, like we've pointed out. Uh, Brandon Cooks only had one catch for seven yards against the Eagles in the previous game when CeeDee Lamb went crazy. I'm just expecting that to even out a little bit. And I think there's enough passing volume with Dallas completely abandoning the runs for uh, right reasons. And yeah, the, the Eagles have just been really bad against wide receivers. So I'll take my chances right. with league scoring at an all-time low right now. The Cowboys offense is cruising. Yeah. Like you said, we can take the one catch for seven yards when they played in week nine. We can also take that the Eagles are allowing a league high 16 receptions to wide receivers and 200 yards per game to wide receivers. That's a lot. So one of those things is going to happen. Yeah. One of them. Okay. Your wide receiver 22 is old man himself, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, this is against the Miami Dolphins, who are expected to score a bunch of points. It's interesting and not shocking. DeAndre Hopkins has only caught 48% of his targets from Will Levis, but he does have five touchdowns over the six games that Will Levis has started or played it. It's my same exact notes. It's just he's so inconsistent right now because the Titans are super run heavy. Will Levis kind of spraying the ball all over the place. But because Will Levis is so aggressive, because of all the play action that they use, you can see DeAndre Hopkins is fourth yeah. in the amount of targets downfield, 15-plus air yards. So those are going to leave you with some bad weeks. They're also going to leave you with some boom weeks. I have DeAndre kind of split in the middle between his usage and his production. I don't love the matchup. I do like that they're going to be most likely trailing. So I think that he has a better chance to get to like 10 targets. But Jalen Ramsey's been balling. Vic Fangio, what is he known for? Two high shells, eliminate the explosive pass over the top. That's what we're hoping for DeAndre Hopkins to reach a complete ceiling. I just think that he probably has a good chance of getting to the 8, 9, 10 targets. And at that point, it's a pretty hard to fail kind of in this range. You know, we love our percentage of teams air yards on the show. Uh, he has 43%. The next closest player on their team, 15.4%. Traylon Burks came back from concussion and played like 10 snaps. Yeah. So I'm not sure if it's completely Jover for Traylon Burks. Uh, just year three. Close. Year three happens for some people. You know, Nico Collins, for example. I saw some more out of Nico Collins by this point. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> okay. We'll keep it moving. Rasheed Rice, we go from old man to young man. Rasheed Rice versus the Buffalo Bills. Uh, two really solid weeks in terms of progression of involvement. Season high 10 targets in week 12. That went for 8, 80, and 1. And then he caught 8 of 9 targets for 64 yards on Sunday night. Wide receiver 24 on wide receiver 26 usage this month. Don't think the Bills are a good defense anymore. They're 21st in success rate through the air. Uh, Pick'em Lobby has Rasheed Rice at 51 and a half receiving yards, which I believe is the most it's been this entire season. I think uh, just the McCole Hardman injury uh, helps him out. If Jerick McKinnon can't play, I think that also helps Rasheed Rice. And also he's just been dusting the Sky Moors and Kadarius Tonys and MVSs. So yeah, they need, if the, if the Chiefs want to get serious and win a Super Bowl this year, they need Rasheed Rice to continue to develop. So you and I both agree he's more or less a manufactured touch player, but they have to at least give him those chances where he had like that back shoulder catch on the sideline. Give him some of those because you definitely need that uh, from this offense to go places. Another highest ranking of the season goes to Jaden Reed as your wide receiver 24. 
after that final catch and hamstring issue, I am not expecting Christian Watson to play. Yeah. And Jane Reed, while he's been mostly an underneath and manufactured touch player, he's also very good at beating man coverage. And I'm a fan of Jane Reed's game. I'm a fan as well. Um, not expecting Christian Watson to play against man coverage. And that's what the Giants run basically every single snap. Um, 1.6 yards per route run, which is the highest among all the Green Bay pass catchers. Uh, Romeo Dobbs, for example, is at 0.6. So I think it's a good matchup for Jaden Reed. The Giants are fourth worst against fan- fantasy wide receivers. And on top of that, they've already allowed three rushing touchdowns to fantasy wide receivers. What does Jaden Reed get? He gets all these manufactured touches. And I also just think that he's not a PPR scam. This dude can win real routes out there. So he's only at 38 and a half receiving yards in pick him. If you guys are listening to that and that's still available, I do like the higher on that. Jordan loves playing well. Jaden Reed's good. And I'm not expecting Christian Watson to play. Now we go to Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson is your wide receiver 25 on the week. He gets his buddy, his pal, Zach Wilson back at quarterback. This is against the Houston Texans. Um, as crazy as this might sound, his numbers are so much better with Zach Wilson than other quarterbacks this year when it was the opposite of last year because the other quarterbacks this year are not the white guy and Joe Flacco. Yep. It's been Tommy Doyle. <laughs> um, on 105 routes without Zach Wilson on the field this year, Garrett Wilson is averaging 0.98 yards per route compared to 1.74 yards per route run when Zach Wilson is on the field. Totally different ball game. There are still some concerns, Hill. Here. Yeah. It's not better. Jets, I mean, it's better. It's not great. Right. But right here, they're projected for 15 points at home against the Texans. Derek Stingley, as, as we've been pointing out, has been very good recently. And there's supposed to be rain and wind here. So, I mean, good luck, you know. Yeah. And the Texans defense in the second half was outstanding and really like won them that game yep. last week. I mean, it yeah. was turnovers, sacks, all that stuff. And then obviously Garrett Wilson and Jimmy Ward playing quite well in this. This, this is a week to pay attention to the weather. I'm trying to do my best to kind of get that in there, but it is Thursday and I'm trying to predict the weather, you know, t- typically pretty tough to do. Um, Forty. Weather miles. note for you. It's snowing in Brooklyn. <laughs> it's your fault, bud. <laughs> At least the tax um, rate is, is low. No, no, no. <laughs> can't do this. Oh, Puka Nakua is up next for you. Um, this is at the Baltimore Ravens. If it wasn't against the Ravens, Puka, despite the shoulder issue that he picked up this past week, would be ranking higher because despite the numbers that he did have, he also missed out on a 45-yard run. Mm-hmm. He dropped the 30-yard gain, and then there was another overthrown like 28-yard touchdown that was mixed in there too. I think he's just better than Cooper Cup at this point, just not the same player you can just tell watching him or if you're looking at the box scores, I guess, too. Ravens defense, really tough. They're second best against fantasy wide receivers, and that's in normal conditions. Right now, we're looking at 20 to 30 mile per hour wind gust and rain. So, And we've seen both the Rams and the Ravens go completely run heavy at times. The weather could make that happen even higher. So just worried about everything right here except puka himself who's remember, just such a baller remember that conversation a couple of years ago where like defense doesn't matter when it comes to betting and mm-hmm. fantasy football and all this stuff i mean it absolutely insane. does in 2023 yeah, it's, it's just insane. an insane conversation to have. yeah okay adam thielen why not why not adam thielen um 
He has not been inside the top 20 scoring wide receivers since week six of the season, yes. Hayden. I will say these two teams played back in week two. He caught seven of nine targets for 54 yards and a score. And since then, the Saints defense, 50% of wide receiver receptions by them have gone to slot receivers, which is the highest rate in the league. And no Marshawn Lattimore, too, just in case they were going to see some snaps against each other. Uh, but like you said, there's been huge splits from that week six standpoint. He was in just this is PFF grade. He was the wide receiver seven before the buy. He's been the wide receiver 55 since. And you and I have felt it on tape. Yeah. Just you can feel the defense is really sitting on these routes. The option route is just not going to work anymore. Like he, he, he has been slow all season, but he was like creating separation with like multiple moves. Yeah. And now he's like lethargic yeah. and it's not working. It's not going to work. And he's not as often the motion guy anymore. I think Jonathan Mingo is a bit more of the motion guy mm -hmm. earlier too. Okay. How does it feel to be uh, ahead of consensus on Adam Thielen? He's wide receiver 31 for the public. It's it's tough. There's all these players, it's like I have to still rank them. So yes, it's like no. I can talk some smack and then I'm like, well, I'd still rather play him than these next names. <laughs> well, the next name is Romeo Dobbs. And I'm trying to like scroll down the list of where he is. He's wide receiver 41 for the public for you, uh, for them. And again, he's inside of the top 30 for you. Um, we know that Jordan Love is going to throw vertical. Just depends on who's going to catch it. Maybe without Christian Watson, is it going to be Romeo Dobbs? Is it going to be Dontavian Wicks? Is it going to be someone else? That's why I like Romeo a lot this week. The Packers are fourth in wide receiver usage this month. Obviously, Love is playing very well, but I do think the Christian Watson stuff has been good down the field. And that's where Romeo could go up and make some plays down there. So I think that no Christian Watson is especially going to help Romeo Dobbs. And I think it's another one where Pickham lobby only has that 42 and a half receiving yards. I'll take my chances on him as well. I just think I'm, I'm ready to call Jordan love, like a very legit player at this point. Same. Go watch the scheme episode focusing on Jordan Love. Uh, it shows you Very a lot good. of stuff in terms of not just him in isolation, but I think Matt LaFleur being able to spread his wings mm -hmm. a little bit more because they're attacking the middle of the field constantly. And Aaron Rodgers didn't like to throw the middle of the field very mm -hmm. often. And these guys can actually get open too. That helps. And they're not making the rookie mistakes like they were early in the year. I was thinking about this last night, laying in bed, uh -oh. that there, there are times when we can state facts like that but I wish in the moment I would be able to like take a step back and be like, okay, these rookies and second year players aren't going to play like rookies and second year players and make these stupid mental mistakes all season long. So yeah. they might do it in the first four weeks. They're not going to do it in week 12, 13, 14. So I always, I also feel like if I keep saying, well, that might not happen for the entire season, that kind of gets repetitive, but mm -hmm. I was thinking it. Does that make sense? Yeah. And well, on, the other, on the flip side, like the Adam Thielen stuff, like he can't right. keep getting away with it. It's true. He literally cannot keep getting away with it. Totally. Uh, Josh Downs, wide receiver 29. Love it. Big fan of Josh Downs. He's a wide receiver 34, according to consensus rankings. Um, he's a slot plus. Easy to say. Definitely a slot plus. I saw a tweet out there saying that Josh Downs has the highest rates of his targets going against linebackers, which is another sign that Shane Steichen knows what the hell he is doing there. Colts, this surprised me, are fifth in neutral pass rate this month. That's helped Josh Downs be the wide receiver 24 in usage. 
He is the biggest positive regression candidate of the week. This wow. month, he's only been the wide receiver 72. But like I said, wide receiver 24 usage. I think he's too good of a player. That stuff will all come back to him. So I just trust the scheme that you just talked about with Shane Steichen, uh, with Colt McCoy. I just think that's a good spot to kind of cash in on Josh Downs. We know he's a good player. We know rookies do better down the stretch. I feel like this is one of these players who can go from like guy on your bench to maybe starting to get some uh, frisky starts from him. Chris Godwin is your wide receiver 30. What do you want to say about Chris Godwin? Well, we have some squeaky wheel. His, uh, I forget if it, was, if it was his wife or his girlfriend was tweeting that he wasn't getting the ball enough. Uh, so there's some squeaky wheel with that. On top of that, we have positive regression. Nobody has ran worse when it comes to touchdowns than Chris Godwin this year. This is a game inside a dome, which I think does matter at this point in the calendar. We've already talked about AJ Terrell and Jeff Okuda. Uh, they're on the injury report as well. So I think this is a good spot to get Chris Godwin back in the lineup. He is also not on the injury report immediately on Wednesday. He's been dealing with that neck injury for a couple weeks. The fact that he's completely left off of that give, gives me a lot more confidence. I had him buried for the last couple of weeks. I'm going to get back up to uh, making him a fantasy starter. Here it is. Uh, it is his wife, Maria, I believe. I won't pull it up, but you all can search on social media if you want to. Okay, your wide receiver 31 uh, is Tyler Lockett. I have an interesting Tyler Lockett stat for you if you want to hear it. Hit me. If I can find it very quickly since the week five bye, this is according to Rich Rebar. His worksheet's great stuff. Tyler Lockett only has 59 more yards than Jackson Smith and Jigba on 12 more targets and nine more receptions. It, the, the cliff might be here for Tyler Lockett. I really love him as a player. Right. But I, I think we're approaching it. There's two things that are working against Tyler Lockett. Obviously, the primary thing, more target competition with JSN actually earning some targets. It's the career low in yards after the catch. And on top of that, the deep ball, like the complete deep ball, 17, 18, 19 plus yards down the field has not been the same Geno Smith uh, versus prime Russell Wilson. And we've talked about in the show from time to time a little bit. You can kind of see the, the cliff a little bit. He hasn't been that good against the 49ers on top of that as well. So I think this is just kind of where he belongs. Yeah. And I would say the main point is Gino playing much worse other than this past week than he did last season. Mm -hmm. Zay flowers, your wide receiver 32. This is against the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, this past week was his first game inside the top 12 wide receivers across his entire season. And he only has three games of inside top 24 scoring wide receivers. Sloppy conditions. Like I said, with Puka and Cooper cup, no Mark Andrews is going to help, but I think that in sloppy conditions, we can see the Ravens just run the ball a ton here. The Rams defense has been sneaky good against fantasy receivers. They're 10th against them. Um, and Zay Flowers is only the wide receiver 45 in usage this month. So decent player, not a perfect player yet. Um, I think that this is just tough conditions uh, just in general. And Lamar Jackson, for whatever reason, I don't know why, didn't practice. Always, always in December. There's an illness last two years. There's been injuries. He hasn't played the last five games of the season. But even if you go back to the Rotor World days with us, uh, every December, an illness pops up with him. Yeah. Every single one. Um, some interesting splits here with Reeves that he points out. The Rams are playing zone coverage on 80.5% of passing plays, fourth in the league. Safe Flowers draws a target on 17% of his routes versus zone as opposed to 33% against man coverage. Interesting. Something to think about. Elijah Moore is up next as your wide receiver 33. Awesome week. Last week, I think his upside coincides with Amari Cooper if he plays or not, because as we saw and outlined in the stats versus film, 
Elijah Moore flipped on over to Amari Cooper's role and was targeted quite often on vertical routes. This is assuming that Amari Cooper concussion is out, hasn't practiced uh, since we've been recording this show. Without Amari Cooper, he's had 14.3 and 15.8 expected half PPR points. Now, I will say a lot of those were like definitely prayer yards to me where Flacco was giving him a chance, but those were very low probability throws downfield. He's, there's going to be wind. There's going to be rain in here most likely as well. So we'll see. I, I, I fear that Elijah Moore is going to continue to be a below expectation player. So even if the usage is higher, I'm just not sure if he's good enough with Joe Flacco in the wind, in the rain to kind of make good on like what could be some decent volume. Drake London had a miserable day last week against the New York Jets. Tough matchup. Drake London this week faced the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I actually think going back and watching that Bucks game, Carlton Davis had one of his better games of his mm-hmm. season was closing really quickly. Uh, when these two teams played in week seven in London, Drake London had six of seven targets for 54 yards. And then last season, he had 120 yards against them and then 35 yards. So th- it's just the usage, you know. The the Falcons right now are leading the NFL in neutral run rates. The Falcons are by far last in wide receiver production. Um, at least this is a pass funnel. At least Drake London is good. But it's the same stuff as it's been throughout his entire career right now. Okay. Should we uh, speed it up a little bit here? I mean, I know. maybe maybe after Cooper Cup, we speed it up. Because is this a big conversation? Probably not. Uh, the people out there don't want to start Cooper Cup in their starting lineups. Uh, he is buried all the way down as actually not buried. The wide receiver 25 in consensus rankings. And you have him as the wide receiver 35 in yours. I think that's partially because the rain conditions, but the Cooper Cup stuff, just not getting the same screens, doesn't look as explosive. And there's some balance issues with him playing through all this stuff. You can just see on this chart right here, like he's next to like Robert Woods, Alan Lazard, uh, DJ Chark, Michael Thomas, like in just target efficiency right now. So yeah. just a totally different player. I know we're all the way down in the mid 30s, but I was shocked to see that even Jerry Judy ranks as the wide receiver 36 for you. I have JSN one spot ahead of Jerry Judy, but okay. there we um, go. you've changed things. Yeah. The pick and lobby for whatever reason loves Jerry Judy every week. He's at 44 and a half receiving yards again here, which is just more than everyone else. It, it is a good matchup. The chargers do stink. That still applies to Jerry Judy. Um, he has not been the wide receiver 37 very often this season though. I will give you that. And any quick notes here on JSN? Obviously last week he, uh, we won't say drop, just didn't convert. A touchdown catch. Yeah, that happens with with JSN from time to time. Since the bye week, he's averaged 8.6 half PPR points, which is something. Uh, I'm just expecting more pass volume in this game, especially if the um, running backs aren't ready for it. And then if we keep talking about Tyra Lockett, his play declining, I think that it'll be good for JSN to make a couple plays eventually. Okay, Noah Brown is next. We've seen him used in the slot. We've seen him used out wide. Without Tank Dell now, I'm assuming he's going to play the vast majority of snaps. This team also uses a good number of 21 personnel, of 12 personnel. So we do care about those two wide receiver set snap guys. And we've seen Noah Brown. I mean, he's top five in the NFL right now in yards after catch per reception. (laughs) That one still doesn't make sense to me. Uh, But he is going to be a two wide receiver set starter. I will be ranking Noah Brown 
shockingly high in other weeks. This is just a very tough week. Um, we have just bad conditions in general. Um, and in his first game back last week, he just didn't do anything. He was still number one in routes. So I think Noah Brown is kind of like a DFS play where you can catch a couple deep passes um, in the five games where he's been healthy. He's averaged 11.4 PPR points. Pretty solid stuff. Uh, just bad matchup here. Okay. I hinted at it earlier, but here's my pitch for your wide receiver 39, Gabe Davis, to be ranked higher. Okay. The people are going to hate me for this, but I'm oh about boy. to do it. Secondary wideouts against this Chiefs team have kind of prospered. Devontae Smith, who's really more of a number one type, but six for 99. We've even gotten Josh Palmer for five for 133. Jacoby Myers, six for 79 and one. Jordan Addison, six for 64 and one. Josh Reynolds, four for 80. Al Lazard, 361 and one. This is all according to Reeves. Now, the question, is that Gabe Davis in this offense? Or is it Dalton Kincaid in this offense? It's a fair question. Um, yeah, I'll move Gabe Davis up a couple spots. Let's throw him ahead um, of JSN. Okay. Moved him up a couple spots because of that. Yeah, I like that. Um, still scary just because I know the Chiefs' corners are very good out there. And there's also just splits where, like, Gabe Davis against good defense, Gabe Davis versus bad defense. Like, that's kind of the splits. I will say, what kicked off this Gabe Davis party was, was, the Chiefs game. was that Chiefs game where he got four touchdowns. Yes. Uh, that was many different corners ago uh, for Kansas City, I will say, though. Yes. Okay. You close out your top 40 with Calvin Ridley. Um, this one stings because actually the last three games for Calvin Ridley have been tremendous usage. Trevor Lawrence was limited in practice today. C.J. Beathard, I think, was either limited or out in practice with a shoulder issue. They're also potentially on their third string left tackle against the Cleveland Browns because Walker Little is not practicing as well. Um, rough stuff. Who's who is their quarterback three? I, I have no idea. Uh, I don't think it's Jake Luton. I don't know. Oh boy. Yeah. Well, the fact that we don't know is a reason why I haven't ranked so low. Currently, Vegas projects Jacksonville to score 14 points. That's right there with the Jets and the Patriots and the Giants. So this is all assuming that uh, that Trevor Lawrence isn't playing. So obviously yeah. we'll make a major adjustments for Travis Etienne, who I had buried in rankings, and Calvin Ridley. Um, it's just tough when you have Beat Hard or whoever else is going to be uh, starting. Okay, let's fire through these final names. You ready? T. Higgins, Jacoby Myers, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens. So we have Thursday Night Football for these two guys. I'm expecting really weird game environment. I think both teams are going to try to run the ball as much as they can, and that game will be over before you know it. Um, I don't think that Belichick will be double-teaming either one of these guys because neither of them deserve that treatment. Um, Jacoby Meyer's been super inconsistent throughout this entire season. Same thing with T. Higgins. I, I guess T. Higgins has a better chance of a long touchdown than these other guys, um, but he's just been completely dusted by Jamar Chase and a more balanced approach. Closes out with Devontae Parker and Jordan Addison. I almost didn't even allow these guys to appear on the screen because just seeing Devontae Parker above Jordan Addison's name, um, it's rough. Do you understand why, though? Like, I'm yeah, saying, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Jordan I do. Addison. Someone has to catch passes for the Patriots, and Jordan Addison probably is going to be the third target on a team that doesn't use their wide receivers as much anymore, yeah. so on and so forth. But like, the talent discrepancy and even the quarterback play 
is drastically different between these two. I just dropped Jordan Addison in a 10-person league for some running back insurance upside because I had other wow. starting players. That's kind of where I'm at with Addison. Um, any upside case for Jonathan Mingo? He's getting more, more looks. He's my next guy on this list. It's just like the targets are there. Yes, that's fun. A couple screen passes will take those in the scam. The man coverage beating ability, it's work issue. in progress. Work yeah. in progress. It's an issue. Steve actually did a 15-minute breakdown mm-hmm. of Jonathan Mingo. Um, I don't agree with everything that he said, specifically about, let's say, some of the opponents that he faced. Um, I just think I think Jonathan Mingo lacks suddenness to his game. Like we see players, you know, in isolation do one-on-one basketball type stuff and change the pace of, and he just doesn't have that. His best route are, I mean, it's basically a dagger concept where he head fakes in and goes the outside and that's it. So look, it would be nice for him to close the season out positively to keep maybe a wide receiver three plus job for him on this team next year. If they can just fill it with, for agent talents, but I haven't seen anything real different than in previous weeks, if that makes sense. How do you compare him to Quentin Johnston <laughs> and Jameson Williams, who I have kind of right in this range as well? Well, I mean, Jameson is splash play or it's not happening. He did have one sweet over route this past week that it was actually tight coverage and Jared Goff under duress threw it mm-hmm. to him. Um, but it's like, hey, did you score a touchdown on a splash play or not? That's what Jameson Williams right now. And then QJ, it's like, what are you getting? Uh, and it's been mostly bad. It's been mostly bad. Uh, that This is also assuming that Josh Palmer doesn't play. Um, I would have Palmer somewhere on this list if he is out there. Okay. Sickos. And then we get out of here. Our longest tiers and rankings of the season. But uh, it's a big one because it's week 14 for all of you. So sicko defenses of the week, we have the Packers, Texans, and Dolphins. Both they're all kind of like inconsistent defenses, but they at least have some some strong players. Uh, Packers are playing the Giants, Dolphins playing the Titans, the Texans playing the Jets. So not really worried about those quarterbacks. The Steelers against, I mean, whatever the hell is left with the Patriots tonight. Obviously, is in play. Browns. Uh, it sounds like they might get Denzel Ward potentially back against. Uh, the mystery Jacksonville quarterback as well. And then the saints Patriots and Ravens are always just good defenses in general. So nothing too surprising here. We're just taking advantage of the worst quarterbacks in the league. And then also playing the best defenses. Um, The chart knows some ball. There we go. That's going to do it for us. Again, if you're looking for quarterbacks, if you're looking for tight ends, we will not have a video on that this week. Instead, we're going to Miami. Uh, We're going to have some new content out in Miami probably on all these, let's say, users, players, community members that have drafted winning Mm -hmm. dog bowl teams heading into this week. They're going to be having their drafts just for this week. And again, we'll be putting some content out ahead of Sunday on that or Sunday morning. And then we are going to have our normal, let's say, 11 to 1230 a.m. Q&A session with all of you on Sunday morning on top of that. It should be fun. Uh, if you guys are new to Battle Royale, I have a Battle Royale like kind of preview, kind of evergreen content on Underdog Network. We're scrolling down. We're looking at the depth of positions. We're stacking. Uh, and then we'll see about the quarterback position as well. So some Battle battle Royale um, content this weekend because it deserves the attention. It's a fun game. There it is. All right. Shout out to Producer Weaves. 
who we'll get to see in person this week. Shout out to all of you for sticking with us. And uh, we will see you all on Sunday. Up the Villa. Talk to you soon.